Hi, and welcome to Pillsbury's Industry Insights Podcast, where we discuss current legal and practical issues in finance and related sectors. I'm Joel Simon, a finance partner at the international law firm Pillsbury Winthrop Shaw Pittman. Joining us today is Sheila Harvey, Pillsbury's Energy Industry Group Leader and Climate Change and Sustainability Practice Leader. Sheila advises on climate, energy, and environmental policy and regulatory issues, as well as the impact of these policies and regulations on transactional and litigation matters. She has deep experience in environmental and climate change issues impacting the energy, heavy industry, mining, and general manufacturing industries. Sheila's broad practice includes federal and state regulatory counseling, compliance, audits, investigations, and training, advising on facility decommissioning, business and real estate transactions having complex environmental issues, and crisis management. She also represents clients in civil, criminal, private, and government lawsuits. Welcome to our podcast, Sheila. It's a pleasure to be here today with you, Joel. Thank you. I'd like to focus our attention on something that will remind everyone of high school chemistry. How's that for a hook to grab our listeners' interest? If we search the depths of our memory banks, we will all recall that hydrogen, the very first element in the periodic table, is an element that is essential. With no hydrogen, there is no life. But today, with your guidance, we're going to take an in-depth look into a very different aspect of hydrogen, and that's its role in the energy transition. Can you set the table for us on this, Sheila? What's so special about hydrogen? Hydrogen is a very interesting topic. Uh, Fans of hydrogen uh, have uh, had a joke over a very long period of time that hydrogen is the energy of the future and would always remain the energy of the future. But I believe the future is here for hydrogen. Why is it so uh, topical these days? One, engineers love it. It's a very efficient form of energy production. It can be produced without the emission of greenhouse gases. It is efficient in its use, and it will be key to the decarbonization of the industrial sector, which will definitely be difficult to decarbonize without hydrogen. It's really going to be a game-changing technology as the country and, in fact, the world moves through the energy transition. That's a great summary of hydrogen's potential, Sheila. Now, just the other day, you told me a great story about how whenever you mention hydrogen to a colleague or a friend, one of the first things they ask you about is the 1937 Hindenburg disaster. Almost everyone knows that short video clip narrated by the announcer Herb Morrison. It's even archived in the Library of Congress. What are some of the challenges with hydrogen and how do we get people over that searing image of a Zeppelin crashing in flames? There are many challenges for the broad deployment of hydrogen fuel. This public perception problem you identify is one of them. The introduction of new technologies often leads to some anxiety. Many people have seen that video clip of the Hindenburg disaster and they fear the use of hydrogen. What many do not realize is that the fire seen in that clip was associated with the burning of the treated skin of the airship and not the hydrogen itself. Hydrogen is as safe and stable as many commonly used household and consumer items, such as gasoline, propane for gas grills, rubbing alcohol, and even nail polish remover. 
great strides have been made in the use and management of hydrogen so that it can be utilized safely. Vehicle manufacturers, which are using hydrogen fuel cell technologies, have done a tremendous amount of safety research and have demonstrated that hydrogen fuel cell vehicles, which are in collisions, are safer than gasoline-powered vehicles. The industry will need to educate the public about hydrogen and how it can be safely used. There are other challenges for hydrogen as well, Joel. One significant challenge is the transportation of hydrogen. It cannot be transported over long distances as a gas. There are options to address the challenges of moving hydrogen. It can be pressurized and delivered as a compressed gas. It can be liquefied for transport. It can also be converted to ammonia and transported as ammonia and then used as ammonia at its destination point, for example, as a marine fuel to replace reasonably dirty marine diesel fuel, or it can be reconverted to hydrogen and then used as a hydrogen gas. Finally, there's ongoing research on materials compatibility. It is believed that hydrogen can be introduced into the existing network of natural gas pipelines for up to 25% of the volume of gas in the pipelines without requiring any replacement of existing pipelines or the appliances which are supplied by those pipelines. And there's one other point to make. There are great developments in the technologies used to electrolyze water for the production of hydrogen. These technologies will allow for localized production of hydrogen and reduce the need to transport hydrogen over long distances. The transport issue is really an interesting one. We know from the past number of years of political gridlock that waiting for transportation infrastructure could be a long, long road. So it's really encouraging to see technology and science being used to solve these types of issues. Let's turn now to the environmental side of hydrogen. I love this part because it brings out people's creative side. Please walk us through what is known as the hydrogen color palette and how that's being used in the energy transition, including by lenders to the industries that would likely be big users of hydrogen. Hydrogen is largely characterized in in this color palette as gray, blue, or green hydrogen. Gray hydrogen refers to hydrogen that is produced through the traditional method of producing hydrogen, that is the steam methane reforming of natural gas. Blue hydrogen refers to hydrogen produced through steam methane reforming of natural gas, but where the operation of the steam methane reforming is paired with carbon capture and storage, thereby eliminating the emission of greenhouse gases. Green hydrogen is hydrogen that is produced with technology that does not produce greenhouse gases. For instance, renewable energy, solar power, wind power would be a way to produce hydrogen without uh, producing any associated greenhouse gases. Nuclear energy can also be used to produce hydrogen without greenhouse gas emissions. That's a great uh, color-coded explanation, Sheila. It sounds like hydrogen can lead the way for a clean and green strategy that's becoming ever more important to many industries today. 
If you have a chance, check out our podcast episode 24, where John Ocker and I discuss the E for environment in ESG and how boards of directors are increasingly focused on this as an important element of their company's business plans. Thank you, Joel. I couldn't agree more. The scientists love hydrogen and believe it's pivotal to the energy transition. And economists are in the process of estimating the value of the hydrogen markets. And I've seen estimates that those markets will be uh, valued as much as $5.2 trillion by 2050. So this is an exciting new area for us all. That's fantastic, Sheila. Thanks for that. It's been great chatting with you today about hydrogen. My high school chemistry teacher would be really proud of us today. And thank you for the great insights into this cutting edge topic. Thank you so much, Joel. It's been my pleasure to speak with you today. And now it's time for This Week in History. There was a lot of competition this week. There's the 1941 attack on Pearl Harbor, the 1936 abdication of King Edward of England, leading to Queen Elizabeth's father taking the throne, Nobel Peace Prizes for Ralph Bunch and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in the 1950s and 60s, and the birthday of the chairman of the board, Frank Sinatra, in 1915. But ultimately, I decided on something that pays tribute to humanity's recent past, as well as its bright future. On December 11, 1946, the United Nations started one small program that has grown monumentally and towers above almost everything else it has ever done. Unlike many UN programs that have fallen short over the years, this one stands out for its simplicity, its longevity, and its power to bring people together all across the globe. It is singularly focused on the health and well-being of our world's greatest resource, children. UNICEF, known around the world to everyone, from children who collect coins to donate to less fortunate ones than themselves, to the adults who support them and devote their time and energy to UNICEF's projects. This great organization works day in and day out to deliver the essentials that give every child an equitable chance in life, health care and immunizations, safe water and sanitation, nutrition, education, emergency relief, and more. UNICEF has helped save more children's lives than any other humanitarian organization. And to that, we say thank you. And please, keep spreading your good work across the globe. That's all for today. Thank you for tuning in to Pillsbury's Industry Insights Podcast.